What's up, man? So, we just got finished beating the Lakers. Nice, dude. I love that shit. So, going into the game, we both had 11 wins. Now, yeah. they had eight losses. We have six losses. But nobody really thought the Lakers were in the same league as us. Did you get that sense? Yeah, you know, that's that's a really good point. I was listening to the Lakers um, broadcast for a little while, um, like I do once in a while. But, um, man, there was about halfway through the game that I just muted everything. And I was just, you know, watching, we're talking. And I just felt like like the torch has been passed of sense. Like Oklahoma City is considered, the way that we were playing, is has to be considered as one of the better teams in the league. The way that um, LeBron was playing us in AD, like AD came out and had a phenomenal game against us. And uh, he was, he, he stepped up to the occasion, bro. I mean, he literally stepped up. To me, I, I'm looking at that and saying, okay, you know, Oklahoma City is for real. You know, we're, we're that much better than Lakers, yes. And I, I feel like if you're looking at that in context to the rest of the teams in the league is when, when we're playing a, a team in game, um, seven games, it doesn't matter if they're the Lakers or, you know, Golden, um, Golden State or the Nuggets. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, we're going to put everybody on alert, and it's going to cause issues because if they can't come and play seven good games, they're done. They're just done. And to beat us in seven games, right, it's not just about coming out and playing with our starting five, which we, we can talk all day about our starting five. I mean, we got stars at every position, and we got stars in their roles, and they understand how to play together. They understand how to play with other people. We got a next-man-up mentality. But I want to point out something that I think is really telling. Like, you wouldn't really argue that like AD and LeBron as a one-two punch were worse than Shea and Chet, Shea and J-Dub. You, in fact, you'd say that at that point, like we're pretty evenly matched up, and maybe the Lakers have the advantage. You go down the rest of the starting lineup. I know the Lakers are missing some players, so I don't want to like take this starting lineup and be like, this is the true starting lineup. But coming off the bench, you look at Austin Reeves, and yeah. I'm not a big plus-minus guy. Dave and I don't spend a lot of time on this. But Austin Reeves was a negative 23 on the bench. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think Austin Reeves was particularly bad. If I look at it, you know, I mean, it wasn't like he had a huge game, but 14 points off the bench, not like I'd say he's bad. But why was he a negative 23 off the bench, Dave? I mean, we just, we, we picked on him, bro. We put Shay on him. We put J-Dub on him, which those two guys are, you know, significantly better at driving to the hole than anybody else on this team. And we just went downhill on him. We put him on the hip and we just went downhill. We did a lot of juking. We did a lot of stuff like that. We really showed everybody how to get around Austin Reeves. And when he was out there, we just scored a lot of points. We did. And it was just because we took advantage of that mismatch. On top of that, our bench just is better than their bench. Like, our biggest advantage against the Lakers is the depth of our bench. And that's where you have to kind of start looking at this team and say, like, back to what you were saying at the beginning, Dave, about seven-game series. Like, if you have a starting lineup that has as much punch as ours does, and then you look down the bench and you say, Isaiah Joe plus 19, Kaysen Wallace plus 19, Lindy Waters plus 12, Kenny Williams plus 10. Like, where, where do teams get a break? Where do they find a way to make up ground? Because it used to be, we know this, we've seen it plenty of times with even previous iterations of the Thunder team, but this exact team, when Shea goes to the bench in the fourth quarter, that's when you're supposed to make a move. But 
not only is that not happening, but we're making the move at that moment. And when we make that move, it's because our bench has more punch than their bench. And we come in and we hand Shea a game that he just say, go close this. You have a 12-point lead. Sure. You have a 15-point lead. If, you, if we can do that to Shea, what will our record be if we do that, like, uh, just per game that we do that? If we hand him a 12 to 15-point lead um, over 10 games, how many games do you think you would win? All of them. All right. That's how I feel, too. And that's why I look at it like the major progression in this season isn't in the top end, although a lot of people want to focus on Chet and J-Dub and their sure. step forward, but it's really on how much that bench is filled out because that's going to give us more opportunity. Shea doesn't need to do as much in the starting group. He could do no. more. He showed that before, but now it's that bench that's backing everything up, and it's sure. very impressive. And, and, and you gotta, you got to take a, a moment and, and appreciate, first of all, what Shea's doing is, is truly just spectacular. Um, last night he put up 33 points, but more so is he didn't need to score a lot of those points. Like, let's just be honest. Like, l- listen to what I'm saying is Shea dominated in such a different way last night that he didn't need to score those points. He could have had 46 last night. Easy. But instead he passed the ball to J dub when he was open. He passed the ball to Josh when he was open cutting. He found, um, uh, Aaron Wiggins cutting. He found Case and Wallace open for a three. Like he was passing and distributing the ball all, all night to different guys, not just to one. Like you know how when we watch, you know, in in America here, um, the NFL, um, you know, um, uh, football where the, throw, the guys are throwing the ball. They have like certain connections with the, the quarterback and wide receiver, right, or the quarterback and tight end. Um, and you know you see that connection over and over and over again. Well. You know when you have a good quarterback like Dan Marino that was able to spread the ball out in the entire field. It didn't matter who the the uh, mismatch was on defense or whatever. He still spread the ball around. That's what Shea did. He spread the ball around. He recognized that Isaiah Joe wasn't having a, a hot night last night in three-pointers, so he got the ball to other guys like Case and Wallace and cutting um, um, Aaron Wiggins. And these guys and the way that they played is, is spectacular, but you, you got to that fourth quarter. And we saw again why Coach D is is one of the greatest coaches in the league right now, is because he was able to take that fourth quarter and that minutes that Shea was sitting, and he's able to open that gap more. And the reason he was able to do that is because of the way that he had J Dub cutting to the hole, he had Chet out there setting screens, he had um, a shooting Isaiah Joe, he had Casey Wallace, and then when he pulled out Chet for a little while, he went straight small guys, Kenny Hustle. Case and Wallace, Lou Dort. Um, it was uh, J-Dub out there. He had five guards. And he just went sprint. And that's when everything just stopped. It was just like, what the hell just happened? Because you can say at any other moment the game was over, but that was the moment that there was nothing was happening for the Lakers. And Oklahoma City was just taking our, our guards and saying, our guards on the floor, one through five, are better than your guards on the floor, one through three, because they had a power forward and center out there. And we just kept on going. And we had to make, get Devin Ham to put out another guard out there to try to combat that. And it just, dude, it was magical. And, and I kept on saying the entire night, oh, there's another play by Aaron Wiggins. Like, it's astonishing to me that I'm looking at the stats and Aaron Wiggins only had 13 minutes last night. Yet, he felt, I felt like he was on the court at all times. It was crazy. He just makes the right play so much of the time. And 
that kind of goes back to what like you're saying about Coach Degnall. I think he's personally responsible for so much of the improvement we've seen. And mm-hmm. There's reasons why I give him credit, mostly because the um, previous team's lack of um, development down the bench um, and the stars develop. But you know what happened? You know when you need to get down to your 11th or 12th guy, and that's what I saw with um, Lindy Waters and Aaron Wiggins. <laughs> like some people would argue that those guys are not in. Well, maybe Wiggins is in our top 10. Waters probably isn't. But when it comes down to it, Coach has made sure that each player understands how to be more than just a shooter. Like Isaiah Joe, drawing charges. Um, we see Jay Will out there. Like Obviously, he was known for being the best charge taker in the league. But then he sure. came, comes out now he's one of the better passing big men in the league. He's, oh, yeah. he's dominating. Very, he had a great shot last year. And now he understands how to utilize ball fakes and shifting defense and the threat of that shot to the team's advantage. But you go to Shea. Like, Shea has so much improvement this year, Dave. But mm. is he, is he, he's obviously improved in scoring because of his efficiency, I think, has improved in a lot of ways. Maybe that takes some time to prove out. I'm not sure where it is this year versus previous years. But I see a, a more efficient score with my eyes. And, but his passing has improved more than anything. So good, dude. His defense, like leading the league in steals last time I checked, that's different. Like, go down the roster and tell me which player on the roster didn't improve their weakness in the offseason, didn't mm. improve their second or third or fourth option when their first and second and third option are taken away, right? Each player got better. You see it in J-Dub. You see it in Giddy. You see it in, we mentioned mm. Shea, but we should always mention Shea as many times as we can. We didn't know what Chet could do last year. But even with Chet, you can see this maturity of understanding of not just how to be in the play, but how how to avoid, I don't know, just letting his weaknesses stop the team's success. And that happens so often with rookies. Like, like it's like, well, we played a great possession, and then we made one little mistake, right? That's not Chet. So I, yeah. I really give credit. Maybe it, it goes so much wider than Coach D. The whole coaching staff deserves an enormous amount of credit for the work that they've done with these players. because. It is premium. I I gotta say, man. I um, last night we have um one of our great friends, um, Unk man. We love us some Unk. Um, Unk and I have a, a great relationship. We get, we talk all the time. But man, um, one of the things I want to say that Unk let us know about was uh, he stood up for Coach D. You know, like appreciate that, man. It makes me proud, man, as a fan, that we're out here praising coaches, praising the players, praising the coaching staff and the GMs, because there's not everybody out there that is. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are just spitting out what they think is the truth and what they would do and all this other stuff. And the reality is, is that there's been no professional coaching um, career there at all. And it's hard for us when we see you know, people that, that don't deserve to get shit on, getting shit on. And we watch Coach D and make the right call a lot of times. And yeah, you know what? He might, Mark and I, we disagree with on challenges sometimes, and he might make the wrong, you know, calls and challenges sometimes. But to me, it's a it's a learning aspect. It's like what he can do to get better as a coach, to challenge the players and to be better as a coach. And anytime you have a coach like that that has this desire to be better than he is, it's nice. Because I look at this and if Coach D and we're right about Coach D, like I think we are right. And he's able to stand up there and go, not one, not two, not three, you know, like 
I know for a fact that everybody's going to look back and say, man, Oklahoma City not only, not only saw the future with all these basketball players that they drafted, but they also saw the future with the coach. And that was what was missing last time around when we had a great team. We didn't have a coaching staff that was ready for that great team. And looking at Coach D and seeing that we have a top 10 offense and seeing that we have a top 10 defense, and there's only two other teams in the league that have that, I got to say, I'm not only impressed, but I'm, I'm sitting here saying that we're lucky. We're lucky we, we got Coach D. Yeah, we got a coach that can live up to the level of talent that the players have. have. And um, like I think it's just a matter of time before everybody realizes that he's not just one of the best coaches in the league, but the best coach in the league because he can simultaneously combine X's and O's, um, how to treat stars and make sure you get buy-in from them, um, development of the rookies and the young players all the way down the roster. And, and it mm. goes back to his time at the G League. And so I just, we always do this. Every time we get to this point, we just feel so like overwhelmed with like positivity. We have to just tip our hat to Sam Presti because I it goes all the way through the roster, the, the organization. He has been building this for years before we realized that was what was going on. And when Man, he made dude, this move, people get, gave him death threats. They really didn't understand. Dude, it goes back to when, when I heard about how he found Coach Dave Bliss. Right, yeah. Beautiful if you guys story. haven't heard that story before, it's truly spectacular. Like He found Coach Dave Bliss, and I believe he was at Georgia um, University or he was, yeah, whatever. He was checking out a player. Yeah, he was checking out a player. Anyways, saw the Coach Dave Bliss you know, talking to a young man and was just like, who is that coach? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's Coach Dave Bliss. He played here, and then I was, you know, assistant um, you know, coach here. And immediately, he recruited him to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Immediately. Now, wh- why do you, what do you think about the way that someone talks to somebody is so important? You see how Coach Dave Bliss talks to people? I think, it's, I think what Coach saw was Dude, the word. Every single time I see him, I'm like, that's how you do it. What I think is Coach saw the way that the players were reacting to the way that he was talking. Yeah, you know because what I mean? he was doing it the right way. Because he was engaging with them, and his message was getting a part, a forward. And that, I know that Dude, you don't like it when guys, I do this. Watch, page, but- watch Coach Dave Bliss next game, all right? You'll see when a player, a big man, or you know, a forward isn't doing what he needs to do. Coach D will send him over to Coach Bliss. And Coach Bliss will get two and a half inches away from him. Why two and a half inches? Well, first of all, you get the complete and utter respect and demand that you need to for that player. You're not going to miss anything at that point. Second of all, if there's anything embarrassing that's being said, it's between you and that player. Nobody else is hearing it. Nobody else is like, oh my God, like Usman Jang isn't doing that. Shame on you, Usman. You should do this more often because that's embarrassing, right? You're embarrassing a player. You're putting a player out there, but he gets so close. He talks to them so precise and tells them what to do, right? And because of that, because of that line of respect that he has with those players, I'm telling you, man, watch him, in, watch him in practice. He's two and a half inches away. If somebody doesn't do something, he ca- stops, 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 gets right there. This is what you need to do. You know, it's a certain aspect of how you coach that demands players to listen. If you're sitting there screaming and yelling and doing what Coach Donovan did, I mean, sure, that might motivate one or two players. But as a team, it's never going to motivate them. So if you have an entire coaching staff, that's all about that. Yeah. And that's what they all are. They're all about making sure that these players know exactly. That in a way, they have so many similar personalities on that coaching staff. It's, it's shocking. And you can tell that Sam Presti built this coaching um, staff 
knowing that this is what he was going to get out of it. So I go back to um, J-Dub trying out or like coming to work out with the Thunder and him not knowing who Coach D was. And yeah, Coach like, D, who's that dude? Coach D was just standing on the sideline and like Christian. talking smack. <laughs> like telling his players that were guarding him like, Oh, don't let right. him do this. Don't let, you know, don't let him do that. You know, we watch the film, like, you know, take away his first option, second option. So then J-Dub starts talking back. And then Coach Deke is talking back, and they have a full court dialogue going where they're talking shit at each other. And, J- and then Coach J-Dub's like, who was that guy? He thought like, for sure oh, yeah. he wasn't going to get picked. So here's the thing. <laughs> That's a Thunder coach. <laughs> then, and you know what the Thunder coach thought? That's a Thunder player. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. And, and you got to understand. Want, okay. But then you look at Chet. Look at Shay. Chet was the same fucking way. And Shay. Shay is the same way. Shay is not okay. You watch. Let me tell you this, guys. Go back and watch Shay's video that he does about who's better, Michael or Kobe. And tell me that he's not talking to a couple 14-year-old kids right there. But if he was talking to adults, dude, I swear to God, he would have boxing gloves on. That's how passionate he is about the game. And you can't fuck that shit up. You can't fake it up. And when you have a guy out there that's talking shit to Coach D with J-Dub, it's like, fuck that. I'll you say I can't go left, hard left. I'll show you hard left. Boom. Motherfucking facial. Who the fuck are you? You're a fucking nobody. That's what you want. I'm sorry. This is professional basketball. This you don't back down from that. Yeah, this is not like... Let's not tag football, man. This is not two-hand touch. This is fucking professional. And if we have a guy that's out there in J-Dub last night, man, when he was taking over, and he took over for what, four minutes, five minutes of the game, and it was astonishing. And he's talking shit, he's in people's faces. Like, come on. When he puts it together and learns how to do that for 30 minutes straight, there's no way that dude doesn't average 30 points a game, 27 points a game. Who the fuck's no going to stop him? You know? Like, no one's going to be able to stop him. 21 7 and Chet 5. Puts it together. What do you got? I'm, I'm serious when I say this, guys. We could have three players on this team that, if a player gets injured, that could step up and average 30 players. If a player gets traded, that could step up and have 30 um, points a game. We could have three of those guys Chet, J Dub, and Shea. I mean, it's a future of the NBA, guys. It, it, you can say whatever you want about it, but these three guys in Oklahoma City Thunder jerseys are going to bring Oklahoma City Thunder to everybody's TV all around the world. And that's as simple as that. When everybody is said and done, it's not about this podcast. Fuck this podcast, bro. Fuck this podcast. It's about the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it's their time, bro. Nobody can say it's not because it's been designed properly. It's like a company, dude. It's ready for being thrown to the world. And what we just saw with Josh Giddy and how it's supposed to mess us up and fuck with us. We just made that shit our bitch. Dude, there's a, a lot going on. And I think it's going to push the team to unite in a deeper way. And they go on the road. They're going to recognize that they are the only ones who have each other's backs. And it's going to create more of a brotherhood than we could ever, ever. ever imagine before. So, you know. We um we appreciate we you guys. We came together. Me. We came together in the hardest of times because it's not hard. It's not easy to stand t- together with somebody that's being accused of some fucked up shit. When I said we made that shit our bitch, 
we made that shit our bitch because we came together as a team. Yeah, we believed it. We, we came truth, above that. The and truth we show what we can do. Important. And as the truth gets found out, like that'll we'll we'll let that worry about itself. And that's what you see <laughs> with these guys. They they believe and they trust the brother, and we'll see how this goes. But so we know that we'll be here for it no matter what. Because yeah, we look at it like we're just a barnacle on the side of the thunder. We're hoping that we can just watch them be successful and watch it with you. And be the biggest fans of what they're doing because this is special. We believe in it from the very, 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 very base of it, all the way up to the biggest vision of this, Dave. And I love doing it every day with you, bro. Hell yeah, dude! Would have would have imagined that this would be any other amazing, any other thing that we could have ever done as amazing as this. Because the reality is, is that a passion that we had as children, we're able to put here into good use because, you know. We're fucking mad Oklahoma City Thunder fans, and we get to talk to hundreds of you every single day telling you guys about what we love. We love you. Don't forget that.